welcome to the Rebel Educator Podcast, where we talk to students, educators, and thought leaders who are innovators and creatives in education. I'm your host, Tanya Sheckley. Thanks for joining us. Hi, everyone. I'm here today with Liv Levin. Liv is a junior in high school and on her high school leadership team. And she's going to chat with us a little bit about her views on education and what it's like being a student in high school right now. So Liv, can you share some of the events or classes or teachers that have made the biggest impact on your learning? Um, Just to clarify that question, is that recently or just in my whole career? In your whole career, like what comes to mind when you think about somebody who has had an influence on your life or on your learning or on your schooling? What classes or what events or what teachers or what projects or assignments? Like what, what do you think of? I guess like my whole eighth grade year really comes to mind, particularly my humanities class, which was a combination of history and English. And I think my teacher did a really good job that year of giving us autonomy of our own learning. And it was a lot of exploring what interested us. Like I remember we did a research essay project, I guess, which had a really big impact on my learning because we basically got to research any topic we wanted had to write an essay. And I remember I was in eighth grade, I wrote like a 20 page essay on Watergate um, with Nixon. So that really helped me discover that I have a love for like history and learning that kind of stuff. And basically what makes our country what it is today, in addition to writing. And um, I guess that had a really big impact on my learning. And that specific teacher did a really good job at giving us all autonomy over like what we wanted to learn and having that freedom to explore our own interests through his class. So were you given full autonomy for that project or was there parameters around who you could choose that need to be a president? I mean, as far as I can remember, that was like fully just whatever we wanted to research about. I mean, obviously with limitations, like it had to be school appropriate, but um, yeah, we could have basically picked any topic. I'm not quite sure why. At the time, I was drawn to Watergate and Nixon. I think I just heard my dad talk about it one time at home. But yeah, we had basically full creativity to pick whatever we wanted, which was really cool. I don't think a lot of teachers give their middle school students that kind of freedom. So No, I think you're right. Have you found another teacher to give you anywhere close to that amount of freedom or that amount of autonomy in your learning? Definitely in high school, it's a lot more structured because you have to meet all these requirements you know, for college apps and college and you don't get as much freedom. But my history class this year has been really interesting. I'm in U.S. history and my teacher does a really good job at letting students kind of bring their own topics to the class to discuss because so much of like things that's happening nowadays, like current times ties back exactly to like what we're learning directly into the past of our country. So I think that's the closest I've gone to a teacher that has provided the same amount of leeway to discuss whatever we want to. What would you say has been your most successful year in school? And how would you define success? Everybody defines success a little bit differently. So when you look back, like what made it successful? How do you define that? And what do you think was your most successful year? Yeah, it's true. Like there's different ways to define success. Um, my sophomore year, which was last year, I felt pretty successful about it because that was my first year really taking harder classes like honors and I had an AP class. And I think if you measure success by grades, like I ended up 
with like 4.0 and weighted, which I was really proud of. And I also was the first time I thought I was really challenging myself in classes, which in middle school, especially, I never felt particularly challenged by any of my classes. So I guess I'm pretty proud of my ability to finally be challenged and then end up with the scores to reflect my hard work. Congratulations. That is a lot of hard work. It's no easy feat. I never got a 4.0 ever throughout high school. So (laughs) great job. (laughs) I'm not sure I'll be able to replicate it this year, but we can can help. (laughs) But you talk about successful being in terms of grades. Um, But then when you talk about your most influential learning, it was more about having agency and being able to choose what you learn. So did you feel that that experience was also successful or looking at kind of two different metrics? Yeah, I was I was thinking about that right when you asked the question. I honestly, eighth grade, like when I was talking about like getting to choose what to write about. And that wasn't the only project that I had in that class that was similar to that. Um, I think that learning wise and like figuring out what I like and just enjoying myself, eighth grade definitely was my most successful year of learning. Um, but yeah, like I said, in terms of grade and like learning work ethic and the more technical skills, I think sophomore year. So they both have different kinds of success, like you were saying. Yeah. So you talked about success and having a 4.0 and looking at all of the things that you need to do to get ready for college. And you know, you're a junior now, so you're starting to think about college and applying and what you might want to do and where you might want to go. But there's also a lot of talk about college being necessary. Like if it's something that we really need to do. And a lot of colleges right now are getting rid of the ACT and the SAT and a lot of the necessary things that you once needed to get in. So what are your thoughts? Are you planning to go to college? Do you think college is necessary for for students your age, for your generation? That's like a complicated question. Um, I am planning on going to college. And I think that a lot of things about college are good. Like I like learning and it is an opportunity to further your education and um, prepare you, I guess, for a future career in ways high school doesn't provide, at least right now. But um, I have been thinking a lot about this lately where I'm not sure how best to describe this. So feel free to <laughs> to ask questions if I'm not describing it. But um, when I think of like the school system now, it kind of feels like a race against my teachers. And I think um, it's like a race where I feel like I have to catch up with them to like try to reach the goals set by the colleges so that I can get into college. And then I feel like it's just going to be a race all over again against my teachers rather than the main purpose of school being to teach us. I don't know if that made sense. <laughs> I feel like the priorities of schools and colleges particularly isn't necessarily to teach their students, but kind of to build a competition amongst the students. I really don't know if I'm explaining this correctly. Um, what I'm hearing, I mean, if I, if this is helpful, what I'm hearing is you saying that, you know, a lot of the way you feel about school and the way you feel about getting into college and the way you're kind of looking at college is it will almost be like a competition that the teachers are setting up for you to compete against other students in the class and other students in your grade and other students in your major to kind of see who comes out on top. And that's, if I'm hearing you right, it sounds like that's what you're yeah. feeling is kind of what education is doing right now, or at least that's the way it's feeling. And I I don't personally feel like that is what the point of education is. Like, I feel like it should be the teacher's goals to teach their students. 
And like I said, it really doesn't feel like that's their motivation right now. Working to get into college, even like where you have to take AP classes as many as you can and you have to take all these tests and, and, um, it just feels like, yeah, like a contest to get in rather than something based upon actual learning. But you, you said it better than me, but yeah. No, 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 no. You said it great. That makes perfect sense. So instead of being a contest, if you were going to reimagine what school should look like, what would it do? What would be the goal? What would school feel like? That's another really big, hard question. <laughs> I interestingly enough, literally the, my history class, like I was just talking about that earlier, I was having a discussion in a breakout room with someone like exactly about this. I'm trying to think about the stuff we talked about, but I think teachers kind of treat each student as like a student and they kind of forget that each person learns differently and has different interests and different values. And they treat them all as like a type A, same student, everyone's the same, and they just bunch them all together. And I think if schools were able to kind of cater their learning to the fact that each student isn't the same and they're all different and they're going to have different interests and want to achieve different things in the future and have different troubles and with their learning now. And if they were able to cater learning to individual students better, which I know is hard, especially in the public school system, that that would kind of prevent the sense of competition because a lot of the times that competition that I was talking about, like it's not a fair contest. Like people aren't the same and they're not going to be able to compete the same. And I think separating out the students and catering individual students to their learning needs will kind of eliminate some of that. Yeah, that absolutely makes sense. And you bring up another good point too, just about equity and about how we all don't learn the same and we're not coming with the same experience and the same background and the same family life and the same sort of supports. Like all of us are coming from different places, but we're getting, a lot of people are getting a, kind of a one-size-fits-all education um, instead of getting an education exactly. that actually suits your needs and suits your learning style and supports your background and your experience and your interests in what you want to do. That was another thing you said early on, like one yeah. of the best learning experiences you had was being able to take control of your learning and what you wanted to learn about and how you wanted to do that. And then as an eighth grader, you wrote a 20-page report, which I'll be honest, in elementary school, I don't know a lot about eighth grade standards, but that sounds like a really long report for an eighth grader. <laughs> but it's because you were interested in it. What are you most excited about in school now? Uh, first of all, I talked a lot about my history class. That's just a class I always look forward to because it's very discussion-based and very student-led, um, where we can bring our own topics that we want to talk about. I think now we're going to be getting presentations from kids about like different songs and artwork that influence them and somehow relates to like yeah an idea that's important to them which I just think is really interesting structure of class that we're having kids bring stuff to teach basically um so I'm pretty excited about that class in general other than that I started a club with some of my friends and it's called actively aware and basically um our plan is each month we're picking like a topic of some sort we're um compiling them all the information we research about that topic into like kind of like flyers and leave them in our neighborhoods, just educating the people around us. 
So yeah, it's a club that I've been working on that I'm really excited about. Can you share some examples <laughs> of topics that you're exploring? Yeah. Um, since we're starting this club from the ground up, we haven't, we've only done one topic. Um, and this month that we were researching the Black Lives Matter movement, because it's obviously been having a lot of discussion lately, and we thought it was an important one to start off and educate with. So yeah, some of the stuff that we're including on the flyer, like I researched a bunch of good movies that are, some are family friendly, some are more adult targeted movies that people can watch just to learn more about the movement. Um, I researched even within local government, like some voting that you can do to like make a difference, like Prop 16, for example, um, definitely ties in with the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, I included that on the flyer. And we just gave the definition of the movement, some things you can do to help sign petitions. So, yeah, all that was on the flyer. And we're going to be handing it out at the end of this month. How many students do you have in your club? And then my the second part of that question was, do you have a multiracial club or is it primarily white kids? Or what does that look like? It's not that many. I think it's like five girls of my closest friends. And it's not only uh, white. Like, we have more Asian heritage. But yeah, we don't have um we don't have a lot of African American like we don't have a very large community near me, I guess, cuz we don't have a large population at my school, which is a bummer, but yeah. Sorry, I don't know if I answered that question well. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fine. I mean, we're in the heart of Silicon Valley and I know like especially where I live, it's you know, there's a lot of white people, there's a lot of Asian, there's a lot of Indian, and there's a lot of kind of Southeast Asian influence, but there's not a lot of African American and other diversity. And it sounds like that's what you're seeing as well. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what it is like in my in the club. <laughs> Good for you for starting a club and seeing a need, wanting to raise awareness and doing some research. And how many did you say how many kids you have yeah. involved? Uh, it's like five girls right now. It is pretty hard to get new members in the online format. Usually at our school, we have a club day where all our clubs set up tables in quad area of our school. But obviously, we didn't have that this year. But it's still it's still been enjoyable, even with less people. It's fun to work on. Who do you think has been your biggest influence or supporter? And it could be anyone. It doesn't need to be education related. Yeah, I mean, I think... For a lot of kids, it's definitely my parents. I think they support me a lot in everything I want to do, but they also know when to push me and know when I'm not fulfilling my potential. And they're not like overly, I'm very lucky my parents aren't overly like, they don't push me too much. They don't um, force me to do things that I really don't want to do. But like I said, they, they push me the right amount so that I can reach my potential and you know, sign up for the class that I wasn't sure about wanting to take, but I'm taking it now. For example, like my English class is AP and I didn't know if I want to take it. And my mom was like, no, like, I think it's really important. So then, yeah, I'd say they're my biggest influencers and also supporters. Cause like I said, I've done so many things. I do soccer. I've done singing. I'm in all these clubs and yeah, they really support me through all of this. What other clubs are you a part of? I'm, I'm a part of my class council, which is technically a club so yeah we meet almost, almost every week to discuss class council things and then I am also in speech and debate although this is my first year so I don't have like any tournament wins to show you guys but yeah I joined speech and debate this year and then I'm also in the actively aware club I talked about before 
And then you're in leadership also. What does leadership do at the high school? Uh, last year, I was in ASB, which is Asso- Associated Student Body. And I think we do really what you, th- they did what you think about when you think about leadership, planning school dances, planning rallies. I was personally on the activities committee. So every Friday in the quad at our school, we'd have a brunch activity and music playing just to get the students involved in school spirit. Um, so things like that is what ASB does. And then this year I'm in SCL, which is student community leaders. They do a lot of similar stuff. We do fundraisers, um, a lot of things to do with school spirit, like planning events for new students. We usually, we have lunches in person. This year we've been doing games such as like, I don't know if you've heard of Among Us and Cahoots that you can play with all the new students to help them get more integrated into the school community. So that's the kind of stuff that I'm doing this year. And I'm on the social media committee for that class. So I'm the one posting on the Instagram, getting people notified about everything that's happening. And yeah, that's kind of my work that I've done in student government. Great. Great. So I'm founder of an elementary school. Do you have any stories or can you share a favorite story of your favorite teacher or your favorite class from elementary school that you remember? Yeah, I think elementary school fifth grade was one of my favorite years, which is like for me was my last year of elementary school. I went to Hausner and at that school, how it worked was middle school and um, elementary school are on the same campus, but they're in different buildings. So fifth grade is like the last year in the lower class building. So I think the fifth graders really get the sense that they're, you know, the big kids on campus now. So overall, it was just a really fun year for me because of that. But I had a teacher who I don't know exactly what she did or how she did it, but she was really good at supporting her students and making the class fun. She had like bean bags, pillows, little desks like that were sitting on the ground so we could sit and write. And yeah, I think that she just made it a really welcoming environment and kind of like I talked about earlier, like catering to different learning needs and styles by letting us sit wherever we wanted in the classroom and a lot of group work, a lot of independent work. And I think I it kind of goes in the theme that like I find, that was my first year that I had a lot of independence in my learning and I really liked that. So yeah, that was probably my best year of elementary school and my favorite teacher in elementary school too. <laughs> Great. Well, thank you. Do you have any other thoughts or anything else you want to share? about education or high school or your experience? Nothing really comes to mind. I feel like I said it all. Okay. Well, thank you, Liv. I appreciate your time. I appreciate you chatting with us. And I'm sure that everybody is going to love hearing what you have to say and hearing you talk about your school experience. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Rebel Educator Podcast. To learn more about us, visit rebeleducator.com, where you can learn about our professional development opportunities for educators and students and see our project library. If you're in the San Francisco Bay Area, check out our progressive, inclusive elementary school, Up Academy, at upacademysf.com. We'd like to say a special thank you to Atmosphere for use of their audio track, Miho. Thanks again for joining us, and we wish you well no matter where your educational journey may lead.